0: All right, welcome back, Craig Bish. Here with you on Fantasy Sports today. Our next guest covers the Pittsburgh Pirates for the Pittsburgh Post Gazette, and you can follow him on Twitter at n wilborn19. Some intrigue and some drama, as uh, Nubias will tell you last night. What an interesting game! And uh, certainly, the Pirates are going to want to know what in the world's going on, as they were forced to use. Their bullpen extensively. Was that deserved? Let's bring in Nubias Wilborn to talk about what happened last night. Nubias, good afternoon. Thank you for coming on the show.
1: Hey, Craig. Thanks for having me. Always great chatting with you on Twitter. Glad to have you be on, have me you, have you on your show. So thanks for inviting me.
0: Of course, Nubias. You're one of the best in the business. I really appreciate it. So, uh, you know, I was at the Marlins uh, Cardinals game last night and I saw you mm-hmm. start, you know, talking about what was going on there. I get home and I see the highlights, and uh, honestly, shocking. Shocking would be the word to see the yeah. quick trigger that was pulled by the umpires in that game. But can you kind of walk my listeners through what happened so they get a better understanding between uh, the Braves and the Pirates last night?
1: All right, so here's the deal. Uh, Musgrove hit you in the first inning. It was an 18th pitch of the game. Uh, I threw a 94-mile power, four-seamer, ran a little bit too inside, barely nicked the jersey of Josh Donaldson. Both players admitted after the game they hadn't had a prior beat. Prior to that, I think they maybe had eight career bats against each other, and three of them came last week at PNC when um, Joe Busgrove had probably the best pitch performance of his career against the Braves, and he struck out Donaldson once. Donaldson got a double off of him. So, I mean, there really wasn't much there. Donaldson did kind of admire a home run last week, but the Pirates really weren't that upset about it. Coming into that game, obviously there was the Steve Blast comments about Ronald Acuna, but that should not have had anything to do with what happened. And sure enough, Donaldson gets nicked. A little stare down between the two, and you know I covered the Braves, obviously, but I kind of know Josh. I've gotten to know Joe well. Joe's dad is a old school cop who was in Compton for a bunch of years, became a pretty high ranking police officer, and it, is as tough of a man as you'll ever meet. And raised Joe Musgrove that same way, and Joe Musgrove's a tough guy. Donaldson is known as a bit of a rabble rouser, so these are just two guys who weren't going to back down, and they jawed at each other a little bit, pushing and shoving and sued, and both get ejected personally. And I try to be careful as a beat writer, but that was one of the worst ejections I've seen. And I've covered NFL, NBA. Major League Baseball I've been doing this about 12 13 years and that is probably the worst ejection I've at least seen in personal personal in my entire sporting coverage career.
0: Yeah, I saw the you know, the highlights afterward because I wasn't watching the game live and so I know that you spoke uh at least you got a quote I know for sure I don't want to put words in your mouth but you did get Yeah, yeah, not spoke to him, yeah. Okay, you spoke to the umpire after the game. So, uh what were you able to find out and what was the explanation behind that?
1: Well, I mean, from the umpire's perspective, he felt that Musgrove, by dropping his hat and glove, was trying to initiate a fight. He felt that Donaldson, obviously, was trying to initiate a fight, so therefore, he ejected both of them for their actions. Um, you know, the umpire, I think he did seem a little bit remorseful. Again, I went down to the umpire's room, literally locked on the door. He said he was willing to talk to me, so we spoke and he seemed remorseful about it, but he felt like he made the right call. and didn't seem like he was willing to rescind that or anything, which really throws the Pirates off and puts them in a bad situation because you had poor Alex McCray having to cover four innings, and he got, shelled. got shelled. Jeff Hartley had to cover two. So, and then Montana DiRoppo, who just got caught up because of Jordan Lyles's injury, ended yeah. up having to cover a couple of innings, and he got beat up. So, I mean, you probably can't use McCray. For probably a week, because he had just pitched a bunch of innings on Saturday. Then you put him in four and a third on Monday, he probably can't go for a while after throwing 94 pitches. Hartley's been used quite a bit, and, you know, he's a young kid who's still learning how to be a baseball player. I mean, Hartley started in Double A this year, and probably would barely be an injury in Indianapolis if it wasn't for the Pirates' victory of injuries. And Montana Durapo also – would probably still be an indie if it wasn't for a litany of pirates. Indies. So, yeah, no, nah, it's been a tough go, man.
0: Yeah, Tobias yeah, Wilborn is with us. We'll transition and, and talk a little bit about the Pirates here. And as he mentioned, for those of you who are playing in DFS, especially look for their starting pitcher to try to go as deep as they can tonight. May have to, what they would call in baseball, wear it a little bit. Uh, but the Pirates story, without a doubt, has been the injuries. I mean,. Lyles, you just mentioned, went down. Trevor Williams has only made nine starts. Tyon, as everybody knows in my world, Dubias is on the injured list. Uh, Keona Kella is on the injured list, too. Uh, Keller uh, is, is an option there. They certainly have some other options, too. But has is there, like, an answer there for the Pirates? Like, how many starters can they afford to lose? And then you're basically going into the season thinking uh, Archer Archer could come in and save the day. He certainly hasn't done that either. So... Uh, what are the answers from a pitching perspective for Pittsburgh?
1: Um, if I do, I'd probably text Bill Huntington and tell him, he probably would actually take my suggestion at this point because <laughs> I need. Uh, i'm I'm assuming that they bring up Mitch Keller, as you said, he would be in line to start at his best AAA start of his career and probably his best minor league start of his career just this past week. And he would be in line to pitch on Wednesday if the Pirates so chose to. Um, I mean, you know, basically the Pirates rotation right now is Joe Musgrove, Chris Archer, and Stephen Brault right now is our number three starter. I mean, Stephen Braults a guy who was competing for the fifth starter slot with Div King and who is now dfa and Jordan Lyles, who quite honestly has been one of the probably, I would say, the bigger surprises in baseball. Definitely. definitely. for the Pirates. And, yeah. you know, now you're without Jordan Lyles, who quite honestly – you know the Pirates right now are five games under. They probably wouldn't be even close to there if it wasn't for Miles being so good. Which I mean, it was wise of them to move when You could tell his delivery was off. You could tell he wasn't quite having a pitch effects, the pitch efficiency he needed. So it's probably good for him to miss it. I've been told by people from the team that are not expecting this to be a long DL stint. He'll probably come off as soon as he's eligible, too, which would be great. You hope to get Trevor Williams back in the next few days, hopefully. Maybe you do a rehab start with him. Maybe you start him on Saturday because now with Musgrove having to go on Thursday, you lose Saturday starters. So, yeah, no, it's tough. I mean, right now, when, when Stephen Brault, who was actually pretty good in Milwaukee, throwing six innings on Sunday, and looked pretty efficient for him. Especially, you you gotta have, you gotta hope the Pirates starters can go at least six, seven, maybe even eight innings. You know, depending on how much. Richard Rodriguez and how much Kyle Crick and these other guys have been used because I mean the bullpen right now doesn't have a lot of reliability with Keone Keller and Rich Rod, who is who was good last year, as you know, as I'm sure your fantasy guys know, has given up a ton of a ton of taters. So there's really not much you can trust in the Pirates bullpen other than Kyle Crick, other than Felipe Vasquez, but you only want to use them in certain situations. So it's some tough yeah. sledding for the Pirates.
0: Yeah, Vasquez uh, has been great, and, and Richard Rodriguez has nine home runs. Crick has been pretty good, but pitching right. has been the de- the downfall for sure for the Pirates. Before we move over to the offense, Jameis and Tyon last night, New Bias uh, you know, tweeted out Ump Show, of course, but I, I think more importantly mm-hmm. for us, for for fantasy owners of Tyon, uh, I, I know it's almost impossible to put an exact date on something, but if you had to guess when we'll see Tyon starting again for the Pirates, New Bias, when will that be?
1: Yikes. Um, that's a good one, and I will be honest, I really don't have a true idea because the team trainer Todd Thompson talks on Wednesdays, which will be tomorrow. He will give us another update on where j is. j right now is down in Bradenton at the Empire City Team Facility Training. He didn't want to come on this particular road trip, uh, but he will be back with the team, and next we're going to get back to play the Tigers on the 16th, so... It's tough. Um, They were supposed to assess him either this week or by early next week to see if he can even throw again. He was gripping the ball last we heard. He's working on his lower body, but they have to check to see if he can even throw. So it may be a while before we see James to tie on. I mean, they'd be lucky to say maybe late July, early August at this point. Because, I mean, Uh, you know, I mean, think about it. Because if he doesn't throw for – at least six or seven weeks, you have to build him back up again. He's almost got to do like a at least a mini spring training. So it'll be a while before you see Jameson.
0: All right, uh, last one for you, Nubias. Uh, moving over to the offense, because honestly, if we only were going to spend time on one guy, it would be Josh Bell, who looks like he'll be an all-star. Um, I got a minute to go before the break, Nubias. Break yeah. down Josh Bell's season. Uh, tell me why all of a sudden all of his numbers are way up.
1: Well, one, he stopped tickering with his swing. They call him ticker Bell. He stopped playing around. He's finding one particular approach that has worked for him, and it's been pretty good. Also, he figured out that his right-handed swing, which is not his natural hand, doesn't have to mirror his left-handed swing. He can do whatever is comfortable with for him there, and he's been good at hitting right-handers, hitting left-handers. He's been really phenomenal, and, you know, just to throw this in, his defense got it, has gotten better. And, of course, the defense gets better when he hits. But now he's been great. He's been the only Pirate to be healthy all season. Up until the other day, he had played every one of the Pirates' games. So, Pirates better hope he stays healthy because he's about all they got right now.
0: Yeah, that's for sure. And and offensively, it's been a little bit of a struggle, not nearly what the pitching has been like. So, hopefully, that will get fixed. And hopefully, Jung Ho Gong will play well for one of the teams that I have him on. That's a story for another day. Nubias, thank you so much yeah. for really weighing in on all of the issues with the Pirates. And we'll talk again soon. You do a great job. Thanks again. Hey, thanks, Greg.